Welcome to Making Connections, a WMNT series on diversifying our future. Welcome to Mountain Talk Monday. I'm your host, Kelly Haywood. Tonight's broadcast features highlights from the 2017 East Kentucky Leadership Conference, which was held in Richmond, Kentucky in April. First, you will hear from the Executive Director of the Mountain Association for Community Economic Development, or MACED, Peter Hille. Hille introduces the federal co-chair of the Appalachian Regional Commission, or ARC, Earl Gold. The ARC just awarded MACED $2 million to support economic transition in eastern Kentucky. So it is very fitting that the theme of the conference was Transitioning Eastern Kentucky, Demographics, Workforce, Economy. We begin tonight's broadcast with Peter Hille. You know, I love the fact that we have the East Kentucky Leadership Conference in April every year. It's such a beautiful time of year. It's a time of transition. As we transition from redbud winter to dogwood winter to blackberry winter, in and out of spring, as we prepare to burst into summer, and it seems like it's getting here earlier every year. All these beautiful flowers. But you know, the blossoms have to fall to make the fruit. And the fruit has to fall so the seeds can sprout. Summer has to turn to fall and then winter so we can start the cycle all over again, transitions. We see lots of transitions. And we see these transitions in the life of organizations as well. You know, this is the 30th anniversary for this conference, and we've continued to grow and change. We have several new board members. They're bringing new ideas, new energy. We're holding the conference in Richmond this year for the very first time. And next year, we'll be in Hindman, Kentucky, also for the first time. We've ramped up our use of social media, and in large part, that's been made possible by from some great students here at EKU and again under the guidance of Melissa Newman. But even with transitions, some things stay the same, as they should. Ten years ago, our founding board chair, Grady Stumbo, had this to say on the occasion of our 20th anniversary conference. Grady said, the East Kentucky Leadership Foundation is about creating a vision for a vibrant and stimulating place called Eastern Kentucky. It is about each of us looking out not only for our own interest, but for the interest of others. And you know, what Grady said at our 20th conference is just as true today as we celebrate our 30th. We continue to carry that vision of a vibrant and stimulating place called Eastern Kentucky. Now, to live up to those words requires that we continually renew ourselves and that we embrace both tradition and transition. Now, it's easy to embrace tradition, traditions like family, culture, a deep appreciation for the beauty of this place, and as Grady observed, the tradition of looking out for each other. But embracing transition, that can be much harder. And make no mistake, we are in a time of great transition. Nowhere is this more evident than in the changes to our economy. The rapid decline of the coal industry in recent years has laid bare an inescapable truth. We relied too much for too long on a single industry. We were not prepared for this transition. And the reality is that this region has been in deep economic distress for decades. So turning back the clock a few years won't take us where we need to go. The challenge we face is not to revive the old economy, but rather to build a new economy. 
To have a fair shot at building a new economy requires a level playing field. It's hard to build a new economy in a place where broken markets make it harder to start new businesses, where the natural environment has been compromised, where the infrastructure is sorely lacking, and where long-term economic distress has impacted health, education, and demographics. The people of Eastern Kentucky deserve a level playing field. This region, this region literally fueled the growth of our nation. And now, we bear the brunt of the transition in our global energy economy. We owe a debt to these communities, to the workers, to their families. And part of how we pay that debt is by making the investments needed to level the playing field. That's what we mean when we talk about shaping a transition with attention to what is fair, what is just. And creating a just transition is going to take major investment. Now here's the good news. Over the last few years, the federal government has begun a series of significant new investments aimed at supporting a just transition. Through the Power Initiative, the Abandoned Mine Lands Pilot Project, Promised Neighborhoods, the Promised Zone, and the Reclaim Act that Congressman Rogers is working hard to push through Congress. I also want to point out that there's one federal agency that sits at the center of all these new investments, the only federal agency that gives its full attention to our region, the Appalachian Regional Commission. It's not your normal federal agency. These folks know our area well. They know our roads. They know our towns. They know our people, our programs, our problems. They are real partners in this work. It's been far too long since we invited the head of the ARC to speak at the East Kentucky Leadership Conference. In fact, I think the last time was in 1994. So we're very pleased to have Earl Gohl with us tonight. Earl Gohl is the 11th federal co-chair in the history of the ARC. He was nominated by the president and confirmed by the Senate in March of 2010. I believe Earl gets up in the morning and goes to bed at night thinking about Appalachia and about how the ARC can help us move this region forward. And I know he believes in us. In fact, I've heard him say many times, well, I'll leave that line for you, Earl. <laughs> but he shares our vision of a bright future. We've been lucky to have him as an ally in Washington, and we're very pleased to have him here tonight. Please join me in welcoming the federal co-chair of the Appalachian Regional Commission, Earl Gold. Thank you, Peter. It's so, it is so great to be here today. You know, over the last seven years, I've been to Kentucky a few times, and I know many of you in the room. I always learn something new, and I always uh, usually come back with something that, that interests me, that excites me, and, and really gives me a great deal of hope uh, for the direction that Kentucky's moving. About December of, of 2015, the United States Congress provided the Appalachian Regional Commission with $50 million to invest in coal-impacted communities. And that was about all they told us that little line. And the challenge was, how do we move forward? And after a series of discussions with our partners in the states and collaboration with a whole variety of people, in March of 2016, we uh, issued uh, an RFP for $50 million. And we asked applicants to uh, come back to us with their ideas, with their big ideas. And the first month, we received two applications. 
one of which we would never fund, and one we would do in a heartbeat. We were a little concerned that we only had two of these applications. We had done a series of TA sessions and discussions throughout the whole region, and we had two applications. It is now almost 14 months later, and we've invested not $50 million, but actually $72 million in about 100 projects throughout coal-impacted communities, about 20 million of which is invested directly in eastern Kentucky and a whole series of other projects that are in adjoining states also reach into Kentucky for a variety of activities from entrepreneurship to and we're tourist promotion about the work to investments in and the direction that they're going. But you know, ARC, Appalachian Regional Commission, is a partnership. It's a partnership between the federal government and the governors of the states. And in development of this work and in the implementation and the allocation resources that Sandy Donahue and her staff have been incredibly important as we move forward. You know, Appalachia really is the next great investment opportunity in America. Throughout the region, throughout the region, the reason I say that is because throughout the region, there are this incredible group of folks who get up every day, who work incredibly hard, it's almost like an army. They work incredibly hard to see that their community is a better place for their kids and their grandkids than it was for themselves. These folks, all kinds of folks, they're teachers, they're nurses, they're entrepreneurs, they're, they're store owners, they're, 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 sometimes they're just troublemakers like you and me. But it is an army. And also within this region, there are opportunities and there are assets that really are the foundation for economic diversification, economic growth, and a stronger economic future for our kids and for our communities. The challenge that we have, the challenge that we all share, are what are the policies, what are the actions, what is it that we need to do to fulfill this promise? What are the assets we need to invest in and strengthen? What is the ecosystem that we need to build and have in place to make sure that when working families collide with opportunities, that they're successful? and that our communities grow and sustain themselves. You know, our, our mission, our mission is to do that work. And that's what ARC was really created to do, to partner with communities throughout the 420 counties, to figure out what makes sense, what are those actions, what are those ecosystems, what are those assets that we need to strengthen. You know, the American economy's been changing constantly since those fellows landed over there in Jamestown in 1608, or whenever that was, 409, 10 years ago. The difference is that it's changing at a much faster, much more dramatic rate much more disruptive to businesses and industry 
in just about every sector of the economy. It's, it's also providing, and that change provides incredible disruption, but also provides incredible benefits. And the challenge that we have, the challenge that we share, is how do we keep ahead of that? How do we take advantage of that? How do we make sure that, that those changes work for us as opposed to against us? There's a guy named uh, Tom Friedman who wrote a book not too long ago called Thank You for Being Late. And in his book, he talks about these dramatic changes, about how the market has changed, how technology has changed, how Mother Earth has changed, and how it's so important that we focus on staying ahead. You know, we live in a time right now where the largest retailer in the United States, probably in the world, doesn't own any stores. The largest cab company owns no cars. The largest hotel company owns no hotels. Not to mention how Twitter, Facebook, Netflix, Snapchat have changed our lives. The changes are, are real, and they're a real challenge for us. But let me just say this. That the work that we're doing and the, and the energy and the, um, our agenda, folks um, in other parts of the country are looking at what we're doing. They're really interested. The, the economic developers are really interested in Eastern Kentucky and the work that we're all doing. That we're working to, to really to push back on this disruption and to build an economy where families can thrive in Eastern Kentucky. We're on the right track. We're on the right track. And the work that we've seen, the work of SOAR, where we've taken, where actually not we, where you have taken this, these partnerships and have been able to keep them going and build on them, where you've been able to work through a whole series of task force and figure out an agenda and begin to move on it. That type of work is not all that usual in most communities across the United States of America. And it really provides an example of what can happen in the rest of Appalachia. The work of philanthropy all coming to the table and being important partners in some of our projects in order to provide capital for the long term is something that we've not seen before. And that statement and that work with uh, with the uh, power project uh, in, in KMEC, uh, providing some opportunity to be able to implement big ideas, is an important step forward for Eastern Kentucky. And the thing, one of the things that really excites me is the next generation. The work of uh, down in Harlan, where it's great to be young in the mountains. I have the opportunity every year to spend some time with them. And you want to talk about energy? You want to talk about looking forward? You want to talk about working through challenging times and trying to figure out how to make a contribution? Those are the kids. That level of energy is incredible. Over the last couple of months, I've had the opportunity to visit uh, Big Sandy and sit down and talk with the, with the young folks who have gone through the techie, um, uh, the techie uh, training program. And it is an amazing experience to be able to sit down with 35 
folks who are a lot younger than I am and listen to their story of how they've dealt with challenges and how they have, how they have attacked this new work that they never thought that they would do, a set of skills that were totally foreign to them and they didn't really think were marketable or useful in Eastern Kentucky that they have grasped and they're planning to build on and to be able to move forward with, that's the type of energy. That's the type of the energy. And of course, it would be inappropriate for me to leave out the work of my favorite millennial in Eastern Kentucky, of Jarrett taking the controls and taking the operation of SOAR. Where's he hiding? He's ducked out on us. But the work that he and the leadership he has provided in guiding SOAR and really making it an operation or organization that makes a difference. And in terms of entrepreneurship, today we have the opportunity to sit down and talk with all the different uh, organizations that are engaged in developing entrepreneurs in the region. It was an impressive group. It was an impressive group and it was a group that understood it was only not, not only about technical assistance and education and learning, but it's also about capital and finance and the, be, the ability to bring folks to the bank and being able to, um, to make things work and do the ability to see that there's a, there's a real opportunity here. And of course, the, op the, the entrepreneur that we all look to, or at least I look to, is the work that, that Rusty Justice had brought to Pikeville and his vision and his leadership to put together bit source and to keep it going and to build on it, provide a real technology company here in Eastern Kentucky. There are great things happening here. There are really great things. We all have great hope for Kentucky Wired. And while we know it's a, it's a slog, it is a tough, tough project. It is a long distance with a lot of telephone poles and a lot of lawyers and a lot of telephone companies. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Ev, we all slog through that process. We have an important piece of infrastructure that will help us really move forward, not only for this generation, but for the next generation. I'm also very excited about the fact that we're not sitting around waiting for Kentucky Wired to, to be completed. The work of the hackathons that, are, that have occurred throughout the high schools and some of the community colleges in, in really developing skills on, in around software. That too is very exciting. But, the, but one of the most important pieces of all these pieces is the investment and the energy that folks have put around the strengthening of the education system here in this part of the state. The work of KVAC in providing opportunities for teachers to gain better skills and to challenge students in a variety of competitions is so very important. The work of the community colleges, and we've been able to invest substantially in all the community colleges in Eastern Kentucky as a way of building that capacity and making sure that those organizations have the ability to respond and to work with folks who are, leading, who are leaving the coal industry. There's also the importance and the critical role that Jeff Whitehead and E.K. Sepp have played here in Eastern Kentucky. You know, I, we have a lot of grantees at ARC. We have a lot of grantees. There is no grantee that I am more confident in terms of what he's going, he's going to do what he says he's going to do, and he's going to work incredibly hard to get the job done. 
and it's Jeff's work that is really something that inspires me every day to see his ability to sit down and work through many of the most difficult challenges. And we can never leave the topic of education without talking about Governor Patton. Amazing. You know, there, there are communities um, throughout Appalachia who have colleges, and sometimes those colleges participate in the community, and sometimes they don't. It's always nice that they're there, but they're not always making a contribution to the future of that community. But the work of the governor and, and his commitment to making University of Pikeville an important generator of not only a healthcare system and the, and the workforce that supports the healthcare system, but as an economic engine for Pikeville and the contribution it makes, it is such an important piece. I could talk for a long time about the work and the activity that is occurring here in eastern Kentucky. I didn't even mention the Elk Center, which is an important piece of the tourism strategy. And I haven't really talked very much about some of the small business activities that we're investing in. But you know, this is the work that folks outside of Kentucky are really interested in. They're interested in it because they see us working incredibly hard to strengthen our local economy from this work, using our grit, our talent, our energy, and the, the folks who live here, and the assets that we have, both the human assets and the natural assets. They're interested because we're collaborating at unprecedented levels. We're able to get past the county lines. We're able to get past other lines that have, that just limit our ability to think and work and get things done. You know, for me, I get pretty excited about this stuff. I've had the incredible privilege of serving as a federal co-chair for the past seven years. And from my point of view, I'm incredibly hopeful, energetic, optimistic, and believe in Appalachia, Kentucky. I believe we've got a great future. I also know, I also know that there are going to be days along the way here when we're going to stub our toe, that they're not going to be as great as the other day. Not every day is going to be a home run. But what's important about those days is that we pick ourselves up and that what I would ask, I would ask all of you, that whenever there's a good day for Eastern Kentucky or not so good day, when you're walking out of the house, I want you to remember, I want you to remember that what you felt like, what you thought, that cold, snowy day back in December 2013 when most of you were sitting in the Pikeville Conference Center, the energy you felt, the commitment you felt, the belief you felt, about the future of this part of the world, your hometown. It's when we were all committed to developing collaborations, that we were all committed to working regionally to develop and implement plans, to invest our energy and our imaginations. It was the day that we promised ourselves and promised our neighbors that we would reach out and we would move <coughs> Eastern Kentucky to another level. And for me, 
that is the day that Appalachia became the next great investment opportunity in America. It's so great to see you tonight. Thank you. Making Connections is brought to you by WMMT Mountain Community Radio. Find out more at makingconnectionsnews.org.